And the truth shall make you free. The truth makes us free. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Um, does everyone have your note sheet this morning? I'm looking at my at my faithful that are here. Do y'all have your... Because um, we don't even have an usher here today. It really is a skeleton crew today. But, you know, I was thinking while we were down there worshiping, and uh, there's just a, a handful of us in here that are social distancing, wearing our masks, and... Um, uh, making these this happen this morning i was thinking this morning as i was worshiping i you know when you're worshiping sometimes you get in the spirit and it just feels like there's no time you feel like you sort of go into the future for a moment and come back and i just sort of felt myself seeing the future and saying listen y'all don't know nothing about it we we went through covid together as a church i I see us on the other side of it bragging on god how he brought us through amen so we got to lift up our eyes from where we are and we need to look beyond this to the joy that's set before us god will bring us through he will bring us through this situation we will come together again this covid you know at the rate that it's going it's going to be over with soon so Praise the God. Praise God. Just be sure and stay safe and do what, you're, what you should do, what you should be doing. Amen. So I'm excited about Thursday. I've invited everyone to download the Zoom app. Do we have that slide up on the screen? Is it on full screen? Put it on full screen so they can see it. Okay. So there, that says online giving. Yeah, we want this, the other slide that is um, for Zoom. Downloading the Zoom app. Okay. So we're going to get to see each other. On the oh look, we made each other one word. Isn't that cute? Praise the Lord. <laughs> so we get to see each other um, by through the Zoom app. So if you haven't downloaded the Zoom app, please do that before Thursday. Give it a little test and make sure that that you're able to um, you know log in if you have to have login information. I don't want to frustrate the grace and y'all be frustrated because you don't know how to get on whenever it's time for it. I've done that before and I nearly lost Jesus. <laughs> I, I nearly lost Jesus for a minute. Okay, so is it still on the screen or is it, or is it on? It, no, nope, it's not, but that's okay. They can hear me anyway. Okay. So just wanted to point out real quick, it is probably going to ask you um, to allow the use of your microphone yes. and allow the use of your camera. You do want to say allow or yes or I agree or whatever the positive button is there yeah. on the Zoom app. Otherwise, we won't be able to see you or hear you. So right. you definitely want to do that. And I don't think you have to have a login if you're just joining as a participant. Oh, really? So okay, well, be, that's good. Yeah, so you just need the Zoom app, and the Zoom app is free? And the Zoom app is free, yep, in the App Store or the Google Play Store. And uh, you'll once you have that installed and you see this link come through the text blast and you tap it, um, it will probably open up your browser momentarily, and then eventually it'll open the Zoom app and take you right into the conference. Yeah. So. Oh, and, and a bit of quick information for you. Okay. Murray won the tournament today. Yay! <laughs> wow, my honey won the senior club championship. How about that? Congratulations, babe. That is wonderful. So happy for you. So so glad. That is just awesome. Well, that's why he tried to break in and call while we're having church. I'm like, he knows we're doing praise and worship. But I know. You could see it. Oh, he was blowing up your watch. Yeah. So praise the Lord. Murray Snow, you won the Rhode Island Country Club Senior Club Championship. You're the man, but that's why I married you, because you're the man. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so be ready on Thursday, everyone, for the Zoom Live Video Fellowship um, on the Zoom app. Um, in order to receive the text, you need to text XLR8 to 97000. XLR8 to the number 97000 so that you'll get the text blast. We're going to send out a text blast to everyone on uh, Thursday, and there will be a link inside the, inside the um, text blast. You hit that link. It'll bring you, he said, probably open it up in your browser, but then it'll sort of swish over, and you'll be in the Zoom app. So um, all you have to do is hit the link. Correct, Kevin? All you have to do is hit the link. All right? Praise the Lord. Okay, so everyone's got your, does everyone have your welcome packet? Got your note sheet? Everybody's ready to receive the word this morning? All right, well, let's make this... Um, this uh, faith declaration, that's, um, okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. Let's make our faith declaration. Say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Come on, say that again. He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, 
and do better. What did I say? Be better. <laughs> um, what, what's the next part? I totally went blank. I was thinking about something else while I was doing this, something I wanted to say. Have it be better. I'm becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything that the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap somebody, high five at home. Hit them upside the head. Say, you better wake up, dummy. We're ready to get the word of God right now. Hallelujah. You know, you can download the, the uh, note sheet or uh, from the Acceleration Church homepage, or you can um, pull it up later in the uh, sermon notes on the Acceleration Church app. And if you haven't downloaded the Acceleration Church app yet, you got to do that. All our sermons are on there 24-7, 365, absolutely free. Amen? All right. Well, let's get started today. Um, I wanted to focus again today on overcoming crisis. I was feeling bad last night. I was like, my gosh, what is going on? Like, my stomach was hurting really bad. And I was like... Um, Leaning over the bed, trying to catch my breath because this, this, I don't know what this, this pain is that I get. It might be like indigestion. It might be, I don't know what it is, but whatever it was, you know, I had to remember it was sometimes when you're in the middle of a crisis or you're in the middle of something that hurts or you're in the middle of something that swept you off your feet. It's like you get so focused on what's going on. You forget to say, wait a minute, I'm a woman of faith. I'm a man of faith. It's time to speak the word of God. So I began to speak the word of God over my body and do the things I knew to do in the natural. I was able to finally go to sleep. And uh, then this morning I woke up with it feeling the same way. I'm like, now listen, my faith is going to cause me to overcome in this situation. So, you know, we have to do that because we're overcoming in crisis. Overcoming in crisis is the title of my sermon this morning. We talked about being covered in crisis last week. But this week I want to talk about overcoming in the crisis because God has called us all to be overcomers. We're more than conquerors. And you can feel like, man, this is going to conquer me because, you know, something can hurt bad. Or you can go through something that is like, Hard to understand, hard to know what to do. And, um, and you're, if you go to what's happening in the flesh or what's happening in the natural, you'll slip out of the spirit. See, we're called to walk in the spirit and walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We walk by faith, not by sight. Glory to God. So we have to kind of, you know, get out of what we're seeing, touching, feeling, smelling, tasting, whatever. Get out of our senses and get in the spirit and get in the spirit realm. Amen. All right. So let's look over crisis again. Number one, we will encounter crisis in life. It is part of life. So your first blank is we will encounter crisis in life. It's something you can count on. Jesus let us know that we will have tribulation, we will have troubles, we will have sorrows, there will be stuff that goes on that, um, that is, is crisis. You know, crisis knocks on everybody's door. At some time or another, there's going to be something you're going to go through. Kevin, I just now remember that I lowered this camera down really low to get some cool angles. Is it, is it messed up? You might want to raise it up. Sorry. <laughs> that was just a little quick break. Okay, so let's look at John 16, 33, Amplified Version. It says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Did you hear that? In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident certain and undaunted for i have overcome the world i have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you so whatever it is that you're that you're focused on or whatever that's going on with you whatever the crisis is that you're handling besides covid19 besides everything else that's going on in the world besides all that jesus has conquered Whatever it is that you're dealing with, there's some, I know I'm talking to somebody this morning and I feel you pulling on me. Somebody is going through something this morning. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, Jesus has conquered it for you and he's deprived it of power to harm you. You might be in something, but it does not have power to harm you. Do you hear me this morning? It does not have power to harm you. He has conquered it for you. So we have to rise up in faith knowing that, that he is able to um, bring you through it. If I can just believe, all things are possible if I can believe, right? So if you can see yourself past it, if you can see yourself out of it, you know, um, if God, God has the ability to bring you out. But he does, he works with us according to our faith. Look at 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing 
happen to you. See, it's not strange. Don't think it's strange that you're going through something and don't let the devil make you think you're the only one because you're not. Because we, we're going to go through stuff in life. Jesus told us so that we have peace. So we can have peace right in the middle of it. That's what's the difference between us and the world. The world goes through stuff and they fall apart and go all to pieces. But, but uh, a believer can have peace right through the whole thing because I'm, I'm waiting on God. I'm believing God to move. Amen. I'm, I'm at peace and I'm resting because that's what faith looks like. I rest until God shows up. Amen. Number two, God has promised to deliver us from crisis. So those are two things that you can mark down and never forget is that you're going to go through crisis in life. And number two, God has promised us to deliver us from crisis. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Come on, help me finish. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Whatever crisis you could possibly be in today, God is a deliverer and he's able to deliver you from it. First Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation, adversity, test or trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. And I underlined that. Is it underlined on your notes? But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted, tried, and assayed beyond what you're able. So don't say, I can't take much more. I can't take this. I, I, can't, I can't handle anymore. Don't say that because God says that he's not going to allow you to be tested beyond what you're able but with the temptation, he's also going to make a way of escape so that you can be, be able to bear it. Amen. So, you know, the Bible says that uh, Paul prayed three times that whatever his situation, whatever his crisis was, it was some type of a, a thorn in his flesh, something that was going on in his flesh. And, and Paul said, you know, I prayed three times that God might take it away from me. He said, but the Lord spoke to me and he said, my strength is glory in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, then am I strong. So when you feel like you get to the end of yourself, that's when the power of God comes and empowers you. Look at Psalm 91, 14 through 16. It says, because, thinking about the fact that God's promised to deliver us, look at this. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him or her and honor him or her. With long life. Did you see that? I will deliver him and honor him. So God has promised to deliver us. He even says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. And that's for those who have known his name, known the name of Jesus, that we know the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. Hallelujah. So, so it's wonderful to know that we're going to encounter crisis in life. It's wonderful to know that God's going to deliver us from crisis. That he's not going to leave us in it. That he's going to, he's going to deliver us. But the promises of God are not automatic. The promises of God are received by faith. So let's look at number two, overcoming in crisis. We're going to get done quick today. Number one, our correct response to adversity is critical. We talked a little bit about that last week. Tonight, um, that we should respond rather than react. Because sometimes your first reaction uh, and your first thought, you've got to take that and set it on the shelf. And intentional. And here we are at this word again. I feel like this is just the word for right now because, you know, we're under so much adversity that we have to be intentional about getting the word and more word than we're normal because we're not in normal circumstances it's like we're in icu right now so we've got to um, be so filled and so saturated with the word that faith is what comes out of us amen and faith is not coming by what you heard and and some of this i want to share with you is what uh, bishop hilliard shared with us on monday and um, you might say well pastor sally we just heard that on monday but see faith you don't get it because you hear it one time you do not get it the first time you hear it. You got to hear it, and you got to hear it, and you got to hear it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So I hope that as I come and I and I bring you this word today, that it'll, that it'll latch onto what you already heard, and it will cause you to be stronger, cause the spirit of faith to come to you. Amen. So we have to have the correct response, and uh, these are the these are the responses to adversity. The first response that we have to adversity is fear. Is fear. That that's the first, uh, the first response that usually when something bad happens, the first thing we want to do is to get into fear. That's the first emotion. That's the first thought. That's the first um, fiery dart that's shot at our, at our brains, at our minds. And that is to be afraid. But do you know that fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible? I heard it said that one way or another, 366 times in the Bible it says to fear not. 
and may not say it just like that. It might say, do not be afraid. Or it might say it in another way. But um, and it might be like when God told Joshua, only be strong and very courageous. For I, the Lord, your God. So 366 times. Isn't that awesome? Because there's 365 days in a year. There's one for every day of the year plus leap year. Hallelujah. So, so that's a, you got a scripture every day. Every day you could look at a different scripture on fear. Hallelujah. And overcoming fear. Um, where he said, fear not. So um, we have to be intentional about um, overcoming fear and not respond to crisis in fear. So look at David encouraging himself. We talked about that last, last week, how David's response was to encourage himself in the Lord. Look at Psalm 56, 3 through 4. He says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. See, that's something that he, he does intentional. He has decided, I'm, I'm not going to just get afraid and stay afraid and, and, and miss out because then I'm not, you can't be in fear and faith at the same time. You cannot. It's impossible to be in fear and be in faith. Because when you're in faith, you know, that fear has no place. Amen. So you can't be in fear and faith. David says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Can you, do you see how David is encouraging himself? Here we're getting a sneak peek of how he encourages himself. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. In God, doesn't that just make, just saying that or just hearing that. Say that with me. Say, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Doesn't that make you feel more powerful just by saying that? That's awesome. So David, this is how David did. In God, I will praise his word. In God. I have put my trust. I will not fear. You know, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we have to decide that we're not going to let our hearts be afraid. And then he says, what can flesh do to me? If God be for me, who could be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We have to rehearse those things that we know, but it has to be intentional because that emotion of fear can just take us over. So Psalm 56, 9 through 11, David said this, When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. Woo, look at that. Whatever your enemy is today, whatever it is that's coming after you, it may even be a person. He says, When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know, because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. Verse 11, in God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Hallelujah. Isaiah 43, 13. I feel like somebody's getting free at home. Amen. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Fear not. For I have redeemed you. And to be redeemed, it means I've paid your ransom. I've bought you back from anything that could harm you. There's not a weapon that's ever been forged that can harm you. Hallelujah. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah. And then we all know 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that word power is exousia, which means authority. So I can't be in, in fear while I'm in authority. Amen. So that, that spirit is not from God. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit that wants to infiltrate and penetrate into your spirit, into your mind, through the soul area that you look and see what's going on. And you come into agreement with what's happening and you get afraid. And the spirit of fear latches on to you. But see, God says, no, that's not the spirit I want you to have. I want you to have the spirit of power. I want you to have the spirit of authority. You know, Jesus just, people just tripped out when they saw Jesus because Jesus, he taught like somebody who had authority. Like somebody who knew who he was. who somebody, Like somebody who had a badge. So I'm telling you, God, God has given us the spirit of power. And it's the spirit of authority. He's put all things underneath our feet. He's, he's caused, he causes us to be seated with Christ in the heavenly places far above principalities and powers. Any demonic force that could come to try to take you out, he has seated us above it. It is under our feet. 
We just have to rise up and know that I have authority over that. That we have the, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I got keys to shut it down or I got keys to loose the power of God. Hallelujah. But we just have to believe it. We have to know it. Authority is a spiritual force that connects you to the spirit of life. Hallelujah. Luke ten nineteen. I always call this your badge scripture. Badge, as in a police officer has a badge. That means you have a you have a right to function. You have a right to be a law enforcement officer. And so, right here, we have that we have the authority to enforce the law of God or the will of God. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give you the authority. That word exousia to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So that means you have the right to stand up, and you have the right to to. St- Point your finger at the floor and just tell whatever it is that is coming at you that it's under your feet. Address it from down below because it's got to get back under your feet. Amen. So so fear has no power over us. And we have to decide that I'm not going to react in fear. So the second thing in crisis we want to react with is frustration. Well, I tell you, I was frustrated last night because I know I have to go to sleep at a certain time so I get enough sleep so I can get up and prepare my sermon. And... Um, you know, I was have I could go to sleep because I was in so much pain. I was up walking around. I was tapping on my chest. I was trying to drink water. I'm trying to drink Gaviscon. I'm trying to drink whatever I can to try to fix whatever's going on in my um, chest. It might have been the ribs I ate yesterday. Could have been that. But praise the Lord. That's not right. I'd be able to enjoy ribs. Glory to God. They were so good. So, so frustration. I started to get frustrated because this pain, and I know I got to go to sleep. I'm like, God, I need you to dip. just, you know, begin to minister to the Lord and minister the word to myself and encourage myself. Till I finally said, you know what? I'm just going to try laying on my side. I laid on my side. I was gone. I woke up this morning laying on the same side. I never moved. Praise God. Amen. So you can't get frustrated. Um, frustration. What is it? It's a feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability to change or achieve something. That could be frustrating when you feel like, you know, you're just like you're in a situation where you don't even know what to do. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Galatians 2, 21 says, do not frustrate the love, the, the grace of God. And the grace of God is the power of God, the ability of God, the favor of God, you know, the healing power of God, whatever it is that you need in your life today. You don't want to frustrate that by getting in, frustra- in frustration. When you get frustrated, you don't, you're not going to be speaking the word. You're going to be all caught up in being frustrated. You're, you're, Your body reacts to it. Your blood pressure goes up. Um, You know, your body reacts to being frustrated. And then you're not in the spirit. Now you're in the flesh. Amen. So we don't want to do that. So we want to make sure that we rise up over frustration when we begin to, you know, to to, can tell that we're getting frustrated because we're not going to get anywhere if we're frustrated. We should be in peace while we're speaking the word of God. Amen. All right. Number three. So we can, we can, what's the first way we can react? Second way, frustration. The third way is in faith. Or we can choose to react or we can choose to respond in faith. And in crisis, our faith is what gets us through. We can get through if we can just get ourselves back in the position of faith. If I got to read 10 scriptures, if I got to pray in the Holy Ghost, if I got to just spend some time just praying to God, amen, I got to do whatever I got to do to get myself back in the spirit or, or back into faith, amen. So God has designed our faith so that we could overcome crisis. First John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that's overcome the world. What? Our faith. The victory that overcomes crisis is our faith. The victory that overcomes the crisis or whatever you're going through right now is our faith. Amen. So the will of God is not automatic. Just because we know that God uh, wants us to receive uh, the promises of God, we know that all the promises of God are yes and amen. We already have a yes in heaven. We get, we put our yes with, together with God's yes. You know, it's we already have a yes, but we have to use our faith to bring it into the natural realm. Whatever it is we're fighting, many times it's a spiritual situation, but we fight in the spirit with our faith because the promises of God are received by faith. Look at Galatians 3.14, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So that you can change it from the spirit to whatever the promise of God is, that we might receive the promise of healing through faith. Why? He said, by your stripes, we are healed. So if the word already says I'm healed, then um, 
I have to receive it by faith. I put my faith on it. Hebrews 11.1. 1, and this scripture ministered to me this week. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Look at this, y'all. Look at this. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Your faith perceives it as a real fact. Man, that ministered to me this week. Uh, Wednesday, Pastor Robert, when we were at the Humble City Cafe and we were talking to the manager afterwards, and man, faith just rose up in me. I looked with my eyes and I could see that cafe filled with people, even though it was just barely anybody there, y'all. It was barely anybody there. But we had just been to pray in Humble with the police chief, and the police chief is a, is a wonderful Christian. He came out and almost preached us all happy. It was wonderful. And so we got finished praying with him and praying over the humble city police department. You know, instead of fussing about police departments, believers, that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be going to our city police chief and our city police uh, police quarters, headquarters or whatever. We ought to be going there and we ought to be putting our feet on it as believers and praying down every stronghold. Praying down and a, a, a revealing of any police officer that's got a wrong motive or is a racist. You know, for them to be exposed, revealed removed. You know, we'll have whatsoever we say. So as believers, that's what we ought to be doing. Hallelujah. So stop complaining about what you permit. We're the, we're the believers in the earth. We're the ones with the power. Get yourself down to the police department and drive around it if you don't go in. Just drive around it and make a, make a Jericho circle around it seven times. Amen? Until every wall of, of injustice, every gate that's, that's um, held you back or held your city back or, or what have you, until it falls down. Drive around it every day. Drive around it once a week, but make it your business to go and pray for your police department and pray for your police officers. They go out and put their life on the line every single day. You wouldn't want to live in, a, in an America with no police department. You would not want to live when somebody, you know, because everybody's not going to be righteous. Everybody's there. There's going to be thieves. There's going to be thugs. There's going to be people who are going to, uh, you know, try to steal, kill and destroy. Why? Because that's what the devil does. And he uses people like a puppet. And so you, who are you going to call? Who's going to come help you? Who's going to who's going to investigate that that case in that situation? Who's going to get justice? Nobody. If there's no police, why are we going to have courts? Who's why? Who are the DAs going to get their information from? So it, it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, after we got finished praying at the police department, we went to Humble City Cafe because we're praying for revival in our city, which you also ought to be doing over your city if you're watching from. I feel like somebody's watching from somewhere. But you ought to be praying over your city. But we were in Abel City Cafe with these, uh, all these pastors. And um, there was just a handful of us there. But when we got finished, we're, we, it's, our, we, it's our custom to pray for the uh, uh, server. But this particular time, and we, 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 get, we get all of us around the server, whoever it is, and we'll just say, what is it that you need? If they say there's healing somebody needs or if they need you know, help in their finances or what have you, we'll just stand around them and we'll pray and declare the word of God over them and lay our hands on them. But this particular Wednesday, which was last Wednesday, the uh, manager of the, of the restaurant was there. Now, this restaurant has been around for many years in Humble, Texas. And right now they're going through COVID-19 as well. And there's just a, there was just a handful of people separated all over the place. So they're not doing business like they normally do. But after we got finished praying for him, I pointed my finger at him and faith rose up in me. Why? Because faith perceives as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And I believe that we, that we are going to have revival. I believe that revival is here. I already receive it in my heart. And so when I, when I looked at this manager, I said, sir, you need to get ready. Because this restaurant is going to be overrun with people coming in here again. Because when the revival hits in Humble and it's about to hit, people are going to leave from the meetings that are going to be all over. And they're going to come to this restaurant just to say, historically, I was here at the Humble City Cafe. I said, you better get ready. He said, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, um, you know, I even remember when I prayed over the, over the police department, I thought I got a, a revelation from God that this police department is, is going to facilitate all the people coming in and out of Humble. 
So I just prayed over the police department to be able to facilitate the crowds and the people that are going to be here. So you got to think like that. You know, prepare for what you declare and really receive it as a true fact. If I've received it as a fact, we got to prepare for it, right? Hallelujah. Amen. So um, that's, that's what walking by faith looks like, is to tell a man with a practically empty restaurant to get ready for a line out the front door. Now, that's faith. That's faith. Hallelujah. Matthew 9, 28 through 29. Do you, Jesus said, these were the, the two blind men that were following Jesus, which I still don't know how they did that if they're blind. But they followed Jesus. He says, he says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. So God deals with us according to our faith. The promises of God overcoming in crisis. We're going to overcome this thing, but we're going to do it by our faith. Amen. So number two, that's why I'm building children's ministry out in here for um, kids that aren't even back here yet. Kids, kids that have never been here yet. I see that I see it overrun with children. Amen. Overflowing. I see us more more than you know a couple of services in here. I'm already to to the next place when I'm my faith is beyond this place being filled, even though we're not even in church right now. You know, that's what that's what Joseph did. He dreamed yet another dream. Come on, yet another dream. So that's why I'm I'm getting out of the box. I'm not just gonna dream this place full. That's you know, I'm way past that. I already received this place full several times times on Sunday, I'm already at, at home down the street and declaring that that former Garden Ridge Pottery, Pottery Place will be our, our next place when we, we can't fit here anymore. Amen. I felt that thing in my spirit the other day. Hallelujah. So faith perceives it as a true fact. Yuri and I were already in there shopping. And we went in. I said, Yuri, let's walk to the back where this, the roof is kind of peaked up like that. Can't you see our sanctuary? He said, yes, ma'am, Pastor. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, hallelujah. And there was so much room for so much. We'll build a children's ministry that's way bigger. It'll make this one look like nothing. And we have built a really bad children's ministry. It is bad. I'm excited. I can't wait for kids to come back. All right. So faith perceives it as a real fact. We The, the way that we respond is by our faith. Because the... Because the uh, the promises of God are yes and amen, but the promises of God are received by faith. The will of God is not automatic. So number two, we must be intentional. I have to make y'all write that word down because we have to be intentional. Thank you for changing the lights. That's so much better. Praise the Lord. So we must be intentional about the systematic faith pro- or systematic process of faith. We have to be intentional about it. Amen. You have to be intentional. You have to say, okay, this is what Mark 11, 22 to 24 says to do. I must take it line by line and chew on it. Amen. And not just hear it, but put it into practice. So uh, there are different kinds of faith. The first is saving faith. Did I put that on your note sheet? Okay. The first is saving faith. Everybody has enough faith to get, get saved on. He's given, in, he's given to every man the measure of faith. So you have enough faith to get saved on. You might decide not to, but you have enough faith. It was saving faith that you used when you said yes to Jesus. And then there's submission faith. Faith. This is where Peter, uh, when Jesus said, hey, Peter, throw your net out on the other side. Well, they had just pulled in. He's like, we fished all night and caught nothing. The fish are not biting Jesus. But he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So he submitted in faith to what Jesus said. And uh, he caught a boatload of fish. Amen. It began to sink the boat. There were so many. He had to call for partners to come and help him bring in all the fish. So that's submission faith. When you submit and you say, Lord... Mm. I really want to go with the flesh on this. I'm tired. I'm sure, I'm sure P- Peter was tired. But he said, you know, nevertheless, when, when you say, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, I'll go back one more time. I'll go back one more time. Or I'll go check another place. I know that when Bishop and Pastor Bridget were trying to get a house one time, I think they had like 20-something no's to get it, to get it financed. 20-something no's. 20-something and some people will quit after the first try. So you've got to be persistent about that thing. So they just kept saying, nevertheless, at your word, God, I know somebody's got my yes. I'm preaching good this morning. And then there's surrogate faith. Surrogate faith is when you use your faith for someone else. Amen. Then there's special faith. Special faith is the gift of faith. And that's when God gives you the ability to believe 
When other people are, have already stopped believing, you still have the ability to believe. And you're still confessing that thing because God has given you a gift. It's, a, it's one of the gifts of the Spirit. He'll give you the gift of faith to be able to stand in a certain situation. And I remember about um, a woman who was pregnant with a baby. And uh, she had gotten really sick with something. And she had a high, high, high fever. And uh, the doctor said, you know, you should really just go ahead and abort this baby because this baby, there's no way this baby can live. This baby's going to be uh, mentally handicapped. This baby's going to have all kinds of problems if it, if it makes it anyway. And God gave that mother the gift of faith. When they were all saying abort this child, she said, I will not do it. I'm going to keep this child and this child will be perfectly well. This child is going to, and she began to confess things over this child. This child was, was born perfectly normal, no problems, beautiful, gorgeous little girl. She grew up to sing before God. And uh, when she would step up to the microphone to sing, God would come down in the room. So hallelujah. So that was special faith. And then there is systematic faith. And this is the kind that we're talking about. Jesus describes it right here in Mark eleven twenty two through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So the first thing that we do when we're working, when we're, we're walking in systematic faith is asking. A is asking. The first thing we do when we get into systematic faith, the first thing we do is we've got to ask. Prayer, you ought to write this down. If you're at home and you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. Prayer is the launching pad for your faith. If you haven't asked, you're not in faith for anything. You've got to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And then because you ask amiss, you've got to learn how to ask according to his word. So um, asking is the launching pad for your faith. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, Finds and to him who knocks, it will be open. Hallelujah. Now look at this. First John 5, 14 through 15. You need to learn how to pray and ask according to the word of God. You've got, if you're, if you, even if, if you need, if you don't have a topical Bible, you know, you don't even really need a topical Bible. Now your phone is a topical Bible. All you have to do is say, um, scriptures, just Google scriptures on fear. Our scriptures on healing. Our scriptures on promotion. You, you just Google that and, and there's all these websites that come up that will show you all the scriptures on that particular topic. And so you want to just load yourself up with the word of God so you get the word on it. You know what the promise is and then you go to God asking according to his word. When you ask according to his word, you're asking according to his will. And if you ask according to his will, the Bible says you already have it. I know because we ask according to his will, you, I know we already have the petitions that we've asked. Let's look at it in 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, which is his word. So you might want to write out to the side there, according to his will, that's his word. He hears us. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. It's like he hears his word and, and his, his ears uh, perk up. We ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So we know that he hears us because we asked according to his will. So we know if we've asked according to his will and he has heard us, we already have those petitions. And then faith perceives it as a real fact. Faith perceives it as a real fact. It's already mine. See, the problem is we keep praying for stuff and just, I'm just waiting on God. But see, that's out, of, that's out of order. And that's not scriptural. Because the Bible says that we ask and then we rejoice because I know I already have what I've asked for because I searched out the word and, and got the word on it. Amen. That's a good word this morning, y'all. I hope that's revelation to you. Because if we ask anything according to his word, we know we have it. Because he hears us when we ask according to his will or according to his word. So we already have it. So the first thing you got to do is you got to ask. And you got to ask right. Amen. So B, first is asking, B is believing. So I've got to believe it and receive it as a fact. 
I've already received it by believing. I've received it because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it, it means that I receive, faith receives it as a fact. So I already have received it by believing. He says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. That's so powerful. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, here he's saying it again, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I hope that's revelation to you today. So A is asking, B is believing, C is confession or confessing. And that doesn't mean that we go to the priest and knock on the thing and tell, confess all our sins. That's not what this is a different. This is your profession of faith or your confession of faith. Faith is, is um, released by the words of your mouth. It's released by the words of your mouth. Do you notice that Jesus said, whoever says to this mountain... Be removed and be cast into the sea. That we have that authority that we talked about. That exousia keeps fear away because I have authority. What, what preacher was that? I've been reading God's Generals by, by Robert Laird and, and it's just so phenomenal. I think it was at R.W. Shambach. I think it was Shambach. He got a, a revelation on fear. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Shambach. It was Lester Sumrall. Lester Sumrall got a revelation on authority. And once he got a revelation on authority, fear could never touch him again. He's the one who was in South America when um, a witch doctor put some kind of hex on him and it moved his bed across the room. And he woke up and said, Satan, is that you? Put my bed back where it was. His bed goes back to where it was and he goes back and falls soundly asleep. I would have been like, when's the next flight? I take authority over you, but I ain't staying. <laughs> Amen. And most of y'all would be the same way. But, but, but fear had no... Um, power over him once he got a revelation of the fact that he has authority. When you realize you have authority, you really don't have to be afraid of anything. Amen? So faith is released by the words of our mouth. He says we, we will have whatever we say. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. Amen. So, Proverbs 18, 21, we know this one. You can quote it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, Psalm 91, 2. Listen to this. This is David making his faith declaration as he's encouraging himself in the Lord. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him. So we're talking about crisis. We're talking about, you know, not feeling like we're in fear, knowing that we're protected in the crisis. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. I mean, isn't that just awesome that uh, David was so, I mean, David understood the power of his words, you know, way back before Mark eleven twenty two, Way before then. I mean, if you look at the, even the 23rd Psalm, the 23rd Psalm is, is a, a faith confession. Psalm 23. The Lord, the, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, if that's not a faith declaration, I don't know what is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with fresh oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He's speaking to his future. Hallelujah. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. So, so David was into uh, making faith declarations and, and confessing what it was he was believing God to do in his life. Yeah. Psalm 107.2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I, I, uh-oh. What's happening? Is it my earring? Did it cut off? Sounded like it sort of cut off for a second. Okay, Isaiah 55.11. Y'all look, when we speak the word, look what happens. So shall my word be. 
that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. So when you speak the word from your mouth, it goes out and accomplishes the thing that God pleases. He says, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. But we have to have it in our mouths. Angels are on assignment whenever we speak the word of God. Psalm 103, 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Wow, I watched a video on Facebook of a, a young lady who had overcome COVID. And she had been unresponsive in the ambulance when they picked her up. She was really sick at home when they picked her up and took her to the hospital. Well, in the, in the ambulance, she coded. And uh, they did CPR on, them, on her and were able to get her back. But she said she saw the Lord and all of that. And she said that the Lord held his hand up and he just sort of pushed towards her. And she said she went back into her body. And she said that she just <gasps> took in a deep breath. And she said she looked there in the back of the ambulance behind the people who were working on her. She said there were some angels and they were telling them what to do. The angels were telling the, the ambulance... The, the medics, what to do on her behalf. Wow. So angels, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. So as I continue to confess God's word in my life, I'm moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by going on in the natural, but I'm only moved by what his word says. You have to have blinders on. You have to really just sort of put blinders on and have tunnel vision and say, I'm going where God wants me to go. And God's goodness is going to manifest in my life. Hallelujah. All right. So the first thing is asking. B is believing. C is confession. Uh, four is demonstration. The demonstration. Um, faith is an act. Faith is an act. Bold corresponding action um, is what the demonstration is. I demonstrate what I really believe by making a bold move. Peter demonstrated his faith by walking to Jesus on the water. Hallelujah. You know that he said, Lord, call me to come to you. He said, come on, Peter. But Peter had to make the decision to step out of the boat and demonstrate that he believed that he could really walk on water when the Lord called him to do it. That'd be a hard one to believe because it defies nature. It defies everything. It defies gravity that he would be able to. That, but as he put his feet out there and he began to walk by faith, the water was solidified. So, or, or how we don't know how Jesus did it, but Peter walked on that water until he observed the wind and the waves, and then he began to sink again. And that's why we can't, during a crisis, we can't look at the wind and the waves. You know, you can't let the storm get on the inside of you. Boats sink. Because water gets in them. See, there can be water all around the boat and it doesn't, it doesn't bother the boat. But the, as soon as water gets inside the boat, the boat is in trouble. So you can't let the storm get on the inside of you. I know I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You cannot let the storm, you cannot let fear, you cannot let frustration, you cannot let it get on the inside of you. Because then your boat will sink. And, and, and uh, we're supposed to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So sometimes it's the demonstration. And you know, what's so cool about this is that this is actually the point where the power of God meets you. There is no point in the power of God um, being released if you're still sitting there waiting for God to do something. God is waiting for us. You know, at the moment that um, I obeyed God when he spoke and said to leave the Starbucks line where I had just signed a contract for a place to have church that was in a movie theater. Uh, a small movie theater. And um, the Spirit of God speaks to me. As soon as I've left and paid the money, and says, "Go, I want you to go look at your old location, which it had been occupied for many years by an event hall, um, weddings and birthdays and that type of thing. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe the Lord is going to have me just rent it on Sundays. And so I get in the car and I drive over here immediately. See, sometimes God tells you to do something. It's time sensitive. you got to come right now. Obey instantly because it may take a while before you... Get that back again. The Spirit of God said, go now. So I came now and I went and I looked in the windows and it was empty. I said, God, you're doing something. But it was bigger than me. I didn't have the money for it. But, but me coming and, and, and calling the landlord, I went down to the donut shop. I was so excited. I began to cry and laugh at the same time. You know how you get when you know God just did something or that he's doing something. He just sort of taps on your shoulder and says, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> I got a plan bigger than that where you are right now. So... Um, that was where the power of God met me, 
was when I stepped out and I called the landlord and he said, we'd love to have y'all back. But then there was somebody else who wanted it too. So I had to stand in faith for a whole nother week after I'd already signed the contract because somebody else wanted it. And uh, I put my finger in his face boldly and said, you can tell that, that landlord that this other deal ain't never going to work because God got me out of the Starbucks line and sent me over here to look at this place. Amen. That's, what, that's where the power of God meets you. He said, I don't mind telling him. And a week later he called me. He said, it's yours. And so um, the power of God meets you at the point that you step out. When I wanted to get my photography studio, I told a friend of mine I had found a place in Old Town Spring. And uh, my friend told me, she said, you can't afford a a building out there. They want $1,000 for just one room. And when she said that, it just hit me wrong. It just made me say, you know, you shouldn't have said that because I'm going to call. I'm going to call them and see how much it is. So I called him and the guy said, you know, if you'll just rent the building, it's been empty a long time. I'll give you six months free rent and the rent's only $350 a month. I said, for which room? He said, the whole building. I'm like, sir, where do I sign? But see, that's where the power of God meets you. If you're waiting to call, if you're waiting to go look, if you're waiting, you're going to be waiting until Jesus comes back. But God wants you to get up and go put a bold faith move behind what you feel like you're hearing from God. Amen. Trying to figure out where I'm at. Okay, yeah, demonstration. All right, so it's where the power of God meets you. James 2.14, it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? See, I believe God's big enough to back me up when I get there. Woo! (laughs) I believe God's big enough to back me up when I fill out the application. I believe His favor is big enough to go before me and prepare somebody before I get there. Hallelujah, that's what faith is all about. James 2.20 says, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Wow, that's pretty harsh. If you're sitting at home waiting, that's dead faith. Wow, that's heavy. That's heavy. Without works is dead. So we can't let that be us. All right, so A is asking, B is believing, C is confession, D is demonstration, and E is endurance. You've got to be able to outlast your opponent, the devil. You've got to be able to outlast every obstacle to your faith. Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but those who wait on the Lord, that, that means to expect, look for, and hope in him. In other words, you stay in faith, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall mount up with wings, with wings close to God like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Amen. So that means that God will give me strength. He will give me endurance. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to keep on standing. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You got to keep on standing, keep on believing. Just don't quit. We win if we just don't quit. Amen. So the five expectations of faith. When you get in faith, you can believe God to give you a plan of action. He'll give you the the wisdom of God. He'll give you the favor of God. He'll give me a miracle if I need it. But But the fifth expectation of faith is that I can expect that God will give me strength to endure until change comes. Amen. That I can stand and and just keep saying it's just a matter of time until things change. Amen. All right. So number three, we overcome through confidence in our covenant. We have a covenant with God. And what is a covenant? A covenant is is an agreement. It's a legal contract. Wow. Our covenant with God is a legal contract. We have rights. We have rights in that contract. Amen. Matthew 26, 28. It says, for this is the, this is my blood of the new covenant agreement, legal contract. Well, if you got a legal contract, you need to know what's in it. Amen. You need to know what belongs to you in that contract, right? Um, you know, when David got ready to take on Goliath, you know, he sees Goliath out there, you know, uh, breathing threats to the armies of Israel. And David said, who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is anyway? That, you know, David was remembering, you know, we have a covenant with God because circumcision was the outward sign of the covenant that they had with God. And here, who does this man, he has no covenant with God. Who does he think he is? So we got, we got to look at things that way. He's saying he has no covenant with God. We have a covenant with God. And so um, we, we overcome through 
confidence in our covenant. Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by what? By the blood of the lamb, the blood of the covenant, and the word of their testimony. So they, 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 um, you know, had faith and, and had confidence in the, the blood of the covenant, the covenant that we have with God in the contract, and the word of their testimony. They kept saying what they needed to say. Amen? Number four, worship your way through the crisis. And this is so awesome. When you think about somebody who was in crisis, in one day, Job lost everything. Except for his hateful wife. It's like, God, you left me with her and took all my people? Even the sheep, the sheep and all the, 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 the sheep, uh, what do you call them, shepherds that were, that were taking care of his sheep, they all were burned alive. And one day, his children, the house fell in and crushed all his children. He lost, the, uh, then they, they came and stole all his camels. I mean, while one was speaking, somebody else would come up and say what happened. Then somebody else would come up. I mean, Job had just lost everything. That's, that's what you call a crisis now. But look what Job did immediately after they told him that. Job 1, 20 through 22. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. Wow. He didn't scream. He didn't complain. He fell down on the ground and he worshipped God. I believe that that's a key to making it through this pandemic and making it through this this situation that we're in is that we continue to just worship God. When we worship God, God gets bigger in our hearts and in our minds. And it blesses the heart of God when you worship Him. It says, and, and He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Now we know that that's false because the Lord didn't take it away. The devil took it away. It's very clear. You read the devil took it away. He says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So can you see the power of worship? Because as you keep reading Job's story, the Bible says that his ladder was greater, that the rest of his life, was the best of his life. That he ended up that God gave him double back what he had lost. Hallelujah. So I declare we're coming out of this crisis with double. Can anybody get in agreement with me? We're in a double year, 2020, right? Are we in 2020? Let's just believe God for double. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just thank you that you have a plan in every situation that we're in. God, we just we just thank you that you are bringing us out uh, with more than we than we went in with God we're coming out like the children of Israel came out of Egypt they came out rich they came, they plundered the Egyptians so father we thank you right now that you have a plan for us to come out of this better Lord your, your plan for us is for a good future and a good hope so God we declare we come into agreement with your good future and your good hope and we declare nothing shall by any means harm us there's not a weapon that's ever been forged that can hurt us so it won't prosper against us but Lord we thank you as we meditate in your word day and night we're making our own way prosperous lord we declare plenty plenty in 2020 that we have plenty enough in our own bank accounts and plenty enough in the kingdom of god thank you father that we continue to dip off the top and never scrape in the bottom so lord, we just call supply to us now in jesus name father we just praise you that we will not be afraid that we will rise up over fear and that lord we'll work this faith process thank you for the revelation today thank you for the revelation of faith that we receive today. Lord, let us not forget it, but let us put it into practice. For Lord, we know that faith without works is dead. So we ask you, Lord, for the ability to act in faith and to act it strongly in faith and really show that we believe your word, Father God, that the promises of God are received by faith. So Lord, may we work this process. And Lord, we thank you that you work with us. And Lord, you confirm your word with signs following. Lord, we continue to say that Humble, Texas is experiencing revival. We declare that people from all over are coming to experience this revival. Lord, let it take place in our church and every church in Humble. We, we declare every, every cell, every atom, every piece of concrete and dirt and water, everything that has anything to do in Humble, Texas, Father, every building is anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. As people even drive through, they're convicted of their sins. As they drive 
drive through, they sense and know that the presence of God is in this little town. Father, I just see people coming from, from, from all over, the north, the east, the south, and the west, just to drive through this town and experience the presence of God. As they drive through, Lord, we thank you that they, they um, confess their sins and confess Jesus as Lord. Thank you, Father. You're doing a mighty thing in our city, and we receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I pray for every member of Acceleration that's home today. Lord, I just pray that you continue to prosper them and bless them. Lord, keep them safe, untouched, and unaffected by this disease. God, we declare that COVID-19 is abating quick, as quickly as it came on the scene. We declare that it's turned around and it's leaving our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray for every person who's suffering with COVID today. And we just call them all healed. And, and Father, your word says you're able to save to the uttermost. So we call them saved, healed, delivered to the absolute uttermost. Lord, show yourself strong. Empty out the hospitals in Jesus' mighty name. We believe we receive it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, if you're not saved, if you're watching, and, and you would say, Pastor Sally, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus. I've never uh, become a member or a part of the family of God. Well, listen, um, I want to say a very simple prayer with you this morning. If you mean it in your heart, um, you, you'll be saved. You'll be put in, back in right relationship with God. You'll become a child of God. And um, God will be with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible says you'll have eternal life with God. So that's you. You say, Pastor Sally, I don't know God. I don't know. I, I've never accepted Jesus or the penalty for my sins to be forgiven through the power of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, you've never done that, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer right now. If you would, just bow your head and just take advantage of this holy moment. You know, um, this is a moment that you may not get again. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And so now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to receive Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So just repeat this simple prayer after me. Just say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I didn't know, but I'm sorry for my sins, and I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sins, and I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life, be the Lord of my life. Teach me, guide me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me in Jesus' name. Well, if you prayed that prayer, nobody gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let somebody know that you prayed that prayer. So if you would, go to the Acceleration Church app. And if you would, just tap on the, on the uh, button that says uh, Commitment Card. I believe that's what it says, isn't it? Commitment card. Uh, click on the button that says commitment card and uh, fill that out and let us know that you received Christ. It would be the joy of my life to know that you received Christ through this broadcast. So um, fill that out and let us know. And then right there on that button, if you read down, it gives you all the information about what you need to do next. It's important that you follow through on this decision that you've made with the other things that, that you need to do, like be baptized in water. We can get that done here at Acceleration Church. Um, you need to begin to read the word and begin to pray. You need to be a member of a church. There are other churches, but none greater than Acceleration Church. You need to become a member. You can find the membership button on our Acceleration Church app. Fill that out also. Amen. So welcome to the family of God. Amen. Well, it's offering time, y'all. Amen. Well, if you haven't already given online, I know I saw a lot of uh, offerings that came through over the weekend. Um, this is the first the first Sunday of the month, isn't it? Yeah, this is the first Sunday of the month. So um, this is where we give our tithes and our offerings. So let's go ahead and give now. You can give online through our Acceleration Church app. And listen, you know, it's, it's an act of your faith. To, um, to tithe and to give offerings. It literally is an act of your faith. And so you have to trust God. He says, try me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing, you'll not have room enough to receive it. See, God wants to bless your, your life financially. It's part of the covenant. It's part of the uh, contract, the legal contract that we have with him is that he wants you to be blessed. And the way that he does that is through tithes and offerings. When we trust him, with the 10%.
10%. He could have asked for 90, only left us with 10, but he didn't. He just asked for the 10, so it would be fair for everyone. No matter what you make or what your uh, what your uh, income is, everybody gives 10%, and it's fa- fair for everybody. Because that, he says, uh, do that, uh, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there'll be plenty in my house, in his house here, um, where we receive the word of God. So you bring the tithes into the storehouse, and, and you do that through the app, through the Acceleration Church app, or if you want to, you can always mail it in. I think that the address is on the screen. Is it on full full screen, Kevin? Put it on full screen so it's really easy to see. Because some people are old school. They can't figure out how to uh, give online. And here's what you need to do. You can just mail it in to 7211 FM 1960, Suite 100, Humble, Texas, 77338. You can just send your tithes and offerings in that way as well. And we'll be sure to get those in um, uh apply it to your account. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and make our faith declaration on our giving. You know, this is a time when you want to make sure that you stay um, faithful to God in the area of tithing. You don't want there to be any interruption in your flow, in your financial flow. Amen. So let's make our faith declaration. Here we go. Father, in Jesus name, today is the dawning of a new day. Is that on full screen? Okay, good. The dawning of a new day. My season of frustration and lack is over. And I'm walking in a season of love, joy, peace, success, overflow, and prosperity. My love for you, relationship with you, and sensitivity to you is growing closer every day. I declare that favor and wisdom for promotion is mine now. You're opening doors for me that no man can shut. Thank you, Father, for watching over your word to perform it in my life. It's causing my life to prosper. I'm in anticipation of the good things you have prepared for me. I am blessed to be a blessing, so as I increase more and more, Father, open my eyes to see ways that I may bless others. I'll be quick to see the need and respond to your voice. Because you have planted Acceleration Church here, Humble, Texas is experiencing revival. I decree that the Spirit of God is drawing multitudes here from the north, south, east, and west. People are responding to your presence, power, and purpose for their lives. We declare that people of all ages, backgrounds, and ethnicities are being impacted forever in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining the broadcast today. If you haven't sent a, a message, were they sending a message, Kevin? Were they sending messages? Okay, y'all send me an amen. Y'all send me a praise the Lord. Send me a hallelujah. Send me something so that I know that you're watching, that you stayed to the end. Amen. So um, uh, don't forget, on Thursday night, we're going to have our Zoom fellowship meeting that is going to be at 7 o'clock. So go ahead and get all the bugs worked out of downloading the Zoom app and have that ready to go. Be sure to text XLR8 to the number 97000 so that you'll get the text on Thursday, all you have to do is hit the link in that text. It'll take you right to the Zoom page. Place your phone on mute. You have to um, give us permission to, or give Zoom permission to use your microphone and your video. You'll just push yes on both of those, or you'll look for the camera and the microphone and just hit those so that we'll be able to hear you. Um, but um, we'll get everybody to mute once we get on. So um, uh, while I'm bringing the word, everybody, it'll be kind of quiet so everybody won't hear everybody else. But we'll open that up, and I want to hear. And listen, call some members that we haven't seen in a while. I mean, we're, we're, how many months are we into this? March? April, May, June, and now we're into July. We're, in, we're going into our fourth month. I want to see y'all. <laughs> so y'all call some people that we haven't seen in a while and just tell them to get on. Amen. All right. I love you so much. You're dismissed in peace, power, prosperity, passion, and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.